Hello and welcome to this special episode of your podcast. My name is Calvin Emekawonka and it is my privilege, my joy to welcome you to this special solo episode which will be focusing on the FA Cup final weekend. I said it's a solo episode because I will be speaking alone and I'll be running running you through my FA Cup final experience, you know, as a fan. But I, I hope you'll enjoy it. Just please stay tuned. Um, I think go something like that. Who in this mailing list where people who talked about football? This was all before. WhatsApp, BBM, and all of that started. And we were discussing football. And somebody, my sister, my younger sister, is a Real Madrid fan. And somebody asked her, out of the blue, that how did you come about being a um, Real Madrid fan? And she says, she said something that actually stayed with me. She said, um, You really don't choose the football club you support, that the football club somehow chooses you, and that's it, and you're done. It chooses you. You're, you're just done, really. That's what. That's how she put it. Anyway, this brings me to me and the football club that eventually chose me, and the link he has to the FA Cup final. It was sometime in 1983 after my parents, my family, would move from Surulere to Festac. That was January of 1982, and we moved into first moved into our house and. Festac in 1983, in 1982, yes, 82. We had a neighbor, we had a neighbor then, um, who used to work in, I think it was a Wena Bank. Yeah, it was a Wena Bank. He worked in, and he was a manager in a Wena Bank. He used to go to, come to London a lot. Uh, in early, was it late 83? We, no, 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 cancel that. It was sometime in 82, just after the 82 World Cup. I remember that. It was just after the 82 World Cup. My, my father um, bought a VHS player. You know, VHS. Some of you cannot even begin to understand how that works. It was just, it was brilliant. But this this man next door, They've always had they've always had the um, VHS player, and they were just they they had all sorts of they all had all sorts of tapes and everything. So one day I was rummaging through I was rummaging through the the their catalog and the stuff they had. I was rummaging through this was in '83, and I, I I used to see matches from '82 World Cup and things recorded of the BBC of ITV I was transfixed wow so they'll borrow me and I'll go home and watch and watch and watch and watch and I return and go back and return so then sometime in 1983 I went there and I saw FA Cup final and I thought that's it the FA Cup final I played it a little and I, I just saw I just saw the beginning and I was transfixed. I said I'm having this. So I borrowed it, went back home 
and watched it. This was the 1983 FA Cup final, Manchester United versus Brighton and Hove Albion. I have to tell you, listen, I watched this tape for. I can't. I cannot even discuss how many times I watched it. I watched it so much. I watched it so many times that I, I have the commentary in my, in my head. I can repeat that commentary. Some of the commentaries, when if you wake me up, I would remember the commentary and I'll start saying some things that came out of the commentary. This was um, because the match went into the replay. So the it's three FA Cup final and it's three FA Cup final replay. The first game, it's the FA Cup final. The first game was on the BBC, and the commentator was um, John Motson. With him was um, Jimmy Hill, who was his co commentator. And then the replay was um, ITV. That was um, that was Brian Moore. That was Brian Moore, and um, I think it was Ian St. John with him or Kevin Keegan. I, I don't remember. But yeah, so I watched. I watched. I, the the first game, the way the BBC, the way the way the way the BBC previewed the match, I'd never seen anything like that before. They went to the ground and then took every player one by one. Something that had not happened before. And I I, I remember when they got to Brian Robson, um, the John Morton. Remember describing John Morton as Britain's most expensive player. England captain, Manchester United captain, but he's never won a major honour in the game. And that, that, that stuck with me for that long. So, I watched that game. I watch it so often. I watch it so many times, like I said earlier, that I just decided that, nah, Manchester United was was it for me. In that team, I, I, I remember that the, the players that I really loved to see at the time were... Frank Stapleton, Ray Wilkins, um, Gordon McQueen, and Steve Moran, who were the um, who were the centre backs. I, I really, really, really liked those those players. So really, that was how my love affair, if you call it that, with Manchester United started. I just at FA Cup final of 1983, watched it and watched it and watched it so many times, so so many times. That I was stuck with the football club, but yeah, this is remember this is about the, the the FA Cup. My first memory of an FA Cup final on Nigerian TV, I think it was it was the, it was later that I found that it was the 1977 FA Cup final, um, Manchester United against Liverpool. I was the final later that Liverpool were going for the treble because a few days later they went to Rome and won the European Cup. But that that game, that game, you just the way they used to do it. NTV had, they were called NTV then. They weren't called NTV at the time. NTV had um, um, sports that used to start around three, two, three. That was barely it at the time. So I, I, I'm not even sure. But my memory reminds me so clearly. That was the first um, FA Cup final that I remember watching until that the time I got those VHS tapes to watch the 1983 final that got me hooked on Manchester United
So after the 83 final, I which other final did I see? Then yes, see see by that time I was hooked with Manchester United. The 85 final. What I remember the 85 final was I I listened to that on the the BBC World Service. Manchester United versus um, Everton. Yes. On the BBC World Service, that was, and I, I, <laughs> I was so nervous. This is how it is. I, I, I got so used to the club. I was following. I was following things. I, I remember it was Vanguard. Vanguard newspapers. Vanguard newspapers actually sent out, um, sent out their major Chris. No, I, I knew his first name was Chris. Chris went to Wembley for that 85 FA Cup final between Everton and Manchester United. And when he got to London, he got to London, I think, a week a week to the match. So he was sending in his reports and I was following these reports. I was following the reports in them. Um, was he writing for Vanguard or was he writing for Guardian at the time? But he was writing for one of them two um, newspapers in Nigeria at the time. So I was following it. I remember he... He talked about how um, the United goalkeeper Gary Bailey actually had a what's it called? He had a superstition. He had a lock, had a padlock that was sent to him from a padlock that was sent to him from um, South Africa that he used that he always used to put behind the goal, and and he was he made sure that he had that padlock going into this um, cup final with. With Everton, this was the Manchester United team that was managed by um, Ron Atkinson. They they had come close to winning things, but they had won eighty three. But the main aim was to win the that, the, the league, which had not been won um, since sixty seven. So he, I, I used to read this, but when when it came to match day, it was not anywhere on TV in Nigeria. At the time, so it was me and the BBC World Service. I I remember I was listening to it on um, I was listening to it, and I I, I got so nervous because um, um, Kevin Moran was sent off. Kevin Moran was sent off, and I was like, Oh God, this is going to happen. We're going to lose this game. But it changed. I went to I went to get I went to get a lucky shirt. This lucky shirt I wore this lucky shirt for. I had it for like four years from that time on. I had that lucky shirt for like four years from that time on. But I was I was listening to this on the BBC World Service that afternoon. And I remember how I screamed down everywhere after Norman Whiteside had scored uh, what proved to be the winner in extra time. I got to watch the game many... I think I got to watch the game two years later. I got a VHS copy of the game and it was an absolutely atrocious match. I, I ever t- the Everton players explained it away by saying that because they had celebrated from winning the the Cup Winners' Cup uh, four days earlier, so they were not in a good shape going into the into the FA Cup final. As that, well, frankly, that's a very good excuse because I can imagine what they would have done they have gone through after winning that um, cup against um, 
Rapid Vienna, I think it was, they played against. But what could have been United's excuse? It was an absolutely dire match. I remember watching it and watching it and thinking, wow, <laughs> this was bad. Uh, but the goal, Whiteside's goal was an absolutely fantastic goal. It really was. Um, it was pulled through by Marcus. Marcus put, put through. He came in from midfield, got the ball. I'm sure most of you have seen it on, on YouTube where he caught it on the left and then swept the ball viciously round Neville Southall for the war proof to be the winner. That and I, I was so excited with my with my lucky shirt. So that was the 85 final. In 1986, I, I also followed that, that, that particular season. I was, I think it was Garden Express newspapers, or one of the newspapers in, in the country. It was really, really good at the time. So I was able to follow um, the game in England, um, the league and the cops in England at the time. And I, I followed this, that particular season seriously. I followed it as um, Liverpool chased a double. Everton were the, the the title the league holders, and they were they were also playing well from the way the league was going. They 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 were in they were in contention, I believe they were in contention until I think the three games to no, I take that back. It was on the last final day of the season where Kenny Dalglish, player manager Kenny Dalglish's goal at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, Kenny Dalglish's goal at Stamford Bridge confirmed Liverpool as champions and Everton runners-up. But they were to meet in the, in the FA Cup final in the first Merseyside derby. In the first FA Cup final, Merseyside derby FA Cup final, yes. Two years earlier, they had met in the League Cup final. In, um, in the League Cup final, Liverpool, I remember winning that one in the replay at Main Road. That's where Man City used to play, you know before they became council tenants now at the Etihad. Anyway, back to the FA Cup final in 86. What, this is so funny. What I always remember about that final. Well, a few things that I remember about the FA Cup final was I got to, as usual, I got to my FA Cup and my BBC World Service and I was listening to the build-up to the, to the, um, to the match in the BBC World Service. The FA Cup final was the one thing that they they always took the full game. They would, they would join then they used to join them they used to join the commentators then just like about two two fifty five in time for them to for us to listen to the national anthem, listen to Abide with me and then the um the lineups before before kickoff, so yes, that was that was um, that was like six. But what I remember during, I think it was just after the singing of "Abide with Me," was a part where I could hear in the background, I could hear the the um, the fans singing in the background. Are you watching Manchester? Are you watching Manchester? Are you watching? Are you watching? <laughs> I'm thinking at the time, 
what are these people saying? Really? And then just before I could, before I could, um, what's it called? Um, be certain of what happened. The commentator also said it that, that they, 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 messy side, people are singing, will not pass up the opportunity to ask, um, Manchester if they see what's going on. I remember that. I, I remember that. And the game proper. The game proper. I did see. I, this funny enough about this game. I did manage to see the game like a few months later on VHS. Somebody, I, you know, it was easy to to look for people who knew people who had tapes. But so, so I saw this one. I saw this one um, a few months later. But during, in commentary, it was such a fascinating game in commentary. I, I am trying. I'm trying manfully to remember the name of um, the, the lead commentator in that game. He died. He died um, just before Italia ninety, while commentating on the on the boat race. I think yes, that's that's when he died. But he was the lead commentator, and the way he used to describe games, the way he used to describe matches, was absolutely brilliant. I, lo- I loved. I loved listening to the. And you could get the atmosphere. You could get everything coming through the BBC World Service Radio. You, you just you be absolutely in tune with what, what was going on. So in the game, Everton took the lead, and I was I was pretty pleased. That Everton took the lead. Um, Lineker scoring. Uh, yes, Lineker scored. But in the second half, Liverpool turned the tide and ended up completing the double. It's it's, it's funny that because this 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 match was um, was 1986, like I said, and the World Cup was in Mexico in 1986, right? Liverpool's captain on the day was Alan Hansen, and I, he I think a few days earlier, the Scotland. Um, team to the 1986 World Cup had been announced and Alan Hansen was not in there. Who was the Scotland manager? A certain Alex Ferguson. So, but that's, that's for the future. Just hold that. So, Hansen, when Hansen was going up to to pick up the to pick up the trophy, it was being said in commentary how ironic it is that somebody who is captain Liverpool to the League and Cup double would not be going to to Mexico with um with Scotland. But yeah, that was what that was what that was what happened. I I, I, I recall that. I recall that as the commentators were saying. But FA Cup a key, the main thing I'm sorry to point out that FA Cup was such a big, big deal. It was such a big deal at the time. That is it, it, as an outsider looking on for me now, it it's, it's kind of disappointing that even as I do this pod with how many with a few days to the FA Cup final, there is not that same. It doesn't carry that same. Doesn't have that same aura that it used to have. It doesn't at all. Even this '86 final, I, I, I think I'm one of this crease for the Guardian, Chris Okoje. That's his name. Chris Okoji. I think Chris Okoji was also at this 86 final because he used he, he would send his um, 
reports about the match, about London, about Wembley. I think it was in this match that he did say something like, Wembley used to look so beautiful on TV, but that the playing surface was not anything particular to write him about. I remember him saying that, in fact, he managed to take a photo, and the photo was published in alongside um, one of his reports coming from that. This was the 86, the 86 final. The 87 final was um, Spurs against Coventry. I had no, I had no skin in the game, but it was FA Cup final, so I was always going to listen to it on the BBC World Service. And I, I, I remember, I remember that the game, uh, it's Saturday, 87. There was nothing else I had to do. Got the radio tuned. To BBC World Service, and the game starts <laughs> within within two minutes. Spurs were ahead, and it was Clive Allen scoring his 49th goal of that season. Yes, it was Clive Allen scoring his 49th goal of that season to give Spurs the lead. It was a cracking, cracking game. The, the commentary was awesome. It was such a it was such a you could you could feel it. You could feel the ebb and flow of the game. And the good thing about the good thing about that particular game was that that um, um both Spurs and both Spurs and Coventry were not I'm trying to find the right word. They they didn't there was no expectations, I think. There was really no pressure on them. Glenn Hoddle was playing his last game. That's, that's right. That's true. Glenn Hoddle was playing his last game for Spurs. He did announce he was leaving. But I don't think he um, he had told anybody where he was going, even though he ended up in um, Monaco. Yeah. So it was Glenn Hoddle's last game. The funny thing was I had seen um, matches of that Spurs team earlier that season and they were playing this 4-5-1 formation where they had proper wide men they had um, they had Hodge on the left they had Waddle they had just bought Waddle at the time Waddle had joined from Newcastle and he was dribbling for fun <laughs> Waddle could dribble anything he was re- see see I know a lot of times when I, I tweet and I talk about stuff players people I think I, I exaggerate a lot. But when I remember watching players like Wardo, that's it. I just remembered who Chris Wardo reminds me of slightly. Riyad Mahrez. You know, Chris Wardo ordinarily was left-footed. Or oh, he used to dribble with his left, but he could cross with his right. That goal that Clive Allen scored in the final, it was he, he destroyed Wally Downs. The Coventry City left back with his left, and after destroying the guy, he whips in this vicious ball with his right foot to the near post, and Clavalo steamed in and just nodded it home. See, he was he was such a beauty watching 
Chris Wardle and that and that sports team at the time. Anyway, so yeah, that's they 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 were that eight seven final ended up with them um, with Spurs winning. No, how's that? Coventry won three two. Gary Mabot scored an own goal. A Gary Mabot own goal led to um, Coventry winning the game in extra time. But it was a, it was a really really good end to end stuff, and it was worthy of the FA Cup final. In 1988, this is the one. This is so funny. I'm just remembering this now. The 1988 final was the one that got um, Nigerians involved. Why? Wimbledon were got to the final to play those people. Liverpool. They got to the final to play Liverpool. Liverpool had been by far the best club in them in England. Best side in England, and they were on course to win a second double. Why did Nigeria get involved? John Fashionu, who we had, Nigeria had invited to play in the 1986 World Cup qualifier against Tunisia. Yes, the 86 World Cup qualifier against Tunisia, but which was played in 1985. Somehow, at the time, John was playing for Millwall. Somehow, for some reason, he did not he was not fit so he didn't play that match but from then on Nigeria started following him so by the time they got to that final I think it was made very public that um, John Fashion had uh, invited some invited some people he invited I think he invited then Minister of Sports he invited um, um, MKO Abiola I think also to come and watch the, um, the final so it was it was big it was reported all over that about this final. I, at that time, I was in, I was in my A levels at St Gregory's College of Alinde, and this was a place where a lot of people used to discuss the English football. And I, I the day before that final, Friday before the final, everybody was discussing it. Somebody, I remember somebody asking me, "What do I think that I should not?" I said, Liverpool are going to walk this. I didn't use that expression because I had not learned how to use this expression then. But I said, Liverpool are going to win this. That Wimbledon are utterly rubbish. That Liverpool will win. The person said, This is FA Cup. And underdogs usually do stuff. And I, I thought, oh. I didn't see how this was going to happen in this particular match. And so it was that um, on the next day, as usual, my the BBC World Service on my father's radio went to on and we of course joined it just before Abide with Me and um, the national anthem and all of that and the game starts. In commentary it was it wasn't it wasn't like the previous year's final or even the Mexicide Derby final of eighty six. But so it was. Uh, I was just listening, and then Laurie Sanchez scores, 
and he was and I was thinking there's no way Liverpool won't equalize this that what am I going to say school on Monday Liverpool does not equalize no no that was that keen on Liverpool winning I was just keen on on my prediction coming through so then Liverpool won the penalty I thought here we go um, but the keeper saved it Bizant they Bizant saved it from John Aldridge it's so funny that this particular one it was very easy I think within a few weeks I was able to see the VHS of the game and I watched it and it was just a it was just a regular regular game nothing nothing major nothing special but I, I did see it and I, 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 I one of the memories I have is that of um, this is Diana um, walking through and shaking hands with the with the players um, as the she was a royal on duty that for that game and I remember thinking what a beautiful woman <laughs> I really thought so at the time what a beautiful woman may our soul continue to rest in peace anyway so and that 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 was that by 1989, I was now rock solid in like and we, we were following English League. This time I was sworn. There was nothing I didn't used to read. My, my radio on campus in our room in Jaja Hall was fixed on the BBC World Service. I didn't used to listen to anything else. It was just shortwave BBC World Service. So I, I used to follow the league matches, used to follow the league matches Saturdays, the few games that were on Sundays and all of that. So, and then I remember the 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 Hillsborough tragedy of that 1989 um, season. I I was I'd gone home for the weekend. I'd gone home for the weekend for as as I used to do home for the weekend and. For some strange reason, this event came out on the NTA network news at nine. That something had happened at a football match in 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 England, and that looks like some players and um, some fans had died. I just had the, to be honest, I didn't I didn't think too too much of it because I, I couldn't make too, so much sense of it but when I go back to when I go back to the go back to school the next day and I started listening to um, my BBC World Service and I was now hearing everything that was going on I was really really shocked at the magnitude of everything It's still a very. It's something that most times when I watch the videos of the recordings of it, still gets to me. It really does, and I hope I still pray that those people who died, their souls continue to to rest in peace. Nobody should go to die. Um, going to watch football match. Ninety nine was a really terrible year in that sense because later that year I was at the stadium when some Nigerians also lost their life at National Stadium lost their lives at National Stadium but that would be in a, in a different pod yeah 
and should be in a different pot. Anyway, Liverpool managed to 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 go past the 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 trauma of this tragedy at Hillsborough to to make it to the final and for an, an, another Merseyside Derby final. This one was a truly cracking final. It really was. 86 wasn't bad too, but this was a cracking, cracking final. And uh, uh, Liverpool took a very early lead. I was just, I was just listening to the commentary. We just even started at the next thing. And still, Liverpool has scored. Aldridge has scored. Making amends for missing the penalty in the in the the previous year's final, but I do remember that that game was that goal was the the third man running of of um, Steve McMahon. It was absolutely brilliant. The, um, the move ball was played in ball was played into. I think the ball. I don't remember who the ball was played into. But by the time the guy the, who he was dropped it back to Steve Nichol, a right back, Steve Nichol hit a first time ball into the path of the rampaging Steve McMahon, who had that by that run he just destroyed the Everton midfield. Gets to the ball and then cuts it back for Aldridge to side foot home. He just decided the first two minutes. And that set the tone for the game. Everything Everton did. Everything they did to try to get back into the game. did not seem to work until the very last minute <laughs> Stuart McCall somehow manufactured an equalizer to take the game into extra time it was, it was, it was good it was um, it was it, 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 the game was a fitting tribute to the souls that were lost at um, at Hillsborough in the semi-final and then comes the 1990 final. Legend has it. I had a certain Alex Ferguson not won that final. Everything he went on to do subsequently at Manchester United might not have happened. That 1990 final, my my lucky shirt did so many rounds, especially from the the, the semi-final against Oldham. The semi-final and the semi-final replay against Odom. It was I kept on wearing that shirt every time I was listening to it on the BBC World Service. But onto the final. And it was a Saturday, I was back home and I was listening to it again. But again, fortunately this time things were improving and we're getting we're getting them um, um, what's it called? We're getting reports faster. So the build up was much much closer to home at the time. I was I was just as excited as everybody, the people in London, the people in Manchester. I was like I was excited, and I was desperate for us to win United against Crystal Palace. Um, I did remember that in the preview the night before that um, a certain Ian Wright was saying said in the preview that he was born for days like this, days like that FA Cup final. Ian Wright had suffered a a broken leg I think it was six weeks or so or yeah six or seven weeks before that 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 final 
So everybody thought he was not going to be able to make it for the final. But he was fit, fit enough to make the bench. And um, to he did come on, and as he always tells people, he came on and he scored two goals. He scored twice. Um, Mark Hughes scored twice. Brian Robson scored. Um, Andy Shaw, I think it was, scored also for Palace as the game finished 3 3. And then we went for the replay. I was back, I was back on, I was back in um, on campus for the replay that, that Thursday. You know, the problem with the replay was that what service would not um, connect, what service wouldn't connect to the replay immediately. So they wouldn't do the full game. So they they would they would they would do you highlights of the game. The main thing, the biggest highlight for that thing was Alex Ferguson dropped uh, United's first choice goalkeeper Jim Layton because he was at fault for two of the goals against um, against Palace in the first game, and brings in Leslie, who was on loan. I think he was on loan from Luton Town at the time. I, I did know that he was in goal for Luton in the 1987 League Cup final so I don't remember who, who he was on loan from by the time who he came on to play in that replay anyway Leslie was in goal for United Leighton had been dropped and in the first in the first half Sealy made like three saves to keep United in the game as Palace tried all their all their tricks as set pieces he made three really good saves to keep United in the game at least I was that was what was going on in the highlights, that um, the radio highlights before they now joined, before World Service now joined the game in um, the full game. In uh, I think it was about about twenty minutes. No, they started the second half, so the whole second half was was um, was live. United won one nil. The the winning goal was scored by the fullback. God, his name eludes me now. I know it was a cracking pass from New Web that found him in in um, in space. And remember after he scored, I remember my my I was jumping around, I was jumping around them um, the room. And my my my, my roommates were like what is wrong with you? These people in Manchester don't even know who you are, and you're here feeling also um, what's it called? Also nervous about um, the the scorer of the, the goal. But I, I didn't care. I was I was just jumping around and hoping that um, that 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 will win, that will win. That will win the game for 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 United. It didn't win the game because it did. It did win the game, and it it was how do I put it? It was the beginning. I still insist that it was the beginning of. It was what laid the foundation for Manchester United. Um, Manchester United um, run under. Uh, Alex Ferguson. It, the truth of the matter is that um, how do, how do we know 
it's so things are so critical in his life. It is possible that United no had Lee Martin. Yes, that was the goal scorer. Had Lee Martin not scored that goal, United don't win that FA Cup that year. Who knows what would have become of Salex and Manchester United and all that happened after. But yeah. Anyway, that's 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 what that's how life is. Yeah, so from that time, I think the time from that night, see which other final did they show on TV? The very the next one I, that they showed live on TV was by then, um, multi choice had entered Nigeria, and I remember watching the the 1994 final, Manchester against Chelsea. I watched that on Super Sport with Gary Bailey as a presenter, and. And I loved, I, I, again, by this time, it was easier. The build-up, Satellite TV was already in the country, so we could see the build-up and all of, and all of that. So it, 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 you could you could feel the excitement going in, leading to, to the day of the, of, of the final itself. But this final, it's, it's, it's a very funny thing. I, I did not... The, the DS, the super sport we had was a bootleg super sport. So it wasn't showing very clearly. So I was still listening to BBC World Service. Um, Alan Green was a commentator. He was the lead commentator. Him and um, Mike Ingham used to be the BBC um, commentators at the time. In Their co-commentator was Dennis Law, the former Manchester United striker. Right. So after, I think it was after the third goal, after the third United goal, um, Alan Green says one of these things that after I forgot Alan Green, Alan Green goes in commentary says, the one thing I hate more than this smug Englishman is a smug Scotsman. Come in, Dennis Law. And you could actually, you could actually feel the smugness in Dennis Law's voice as he began to, to talk about how United had, um, that we were in the lead and we we're about to complete the double for the first time. That was brilliant. But by then, I was the, the, the bootleg, the bootleg um, part of my, our super sport. Now it wasn't showing too well, but I was listening to it on on um, on um, the BBC World Service. Right. Right, so that's it. This is this is um, me. This has come to the end of me rambling about um, FA Cup finals, what FA Cup finals used to be in the days past, and and all of that. I I will try. I'll try and do. I'll try and get some some of my friends who also have a lot of history in in a lot of history to come. And then we'll speak about maybe the Champions League final or great coaches and all of that. But I I should be able to get fans of um, Chelsea for the next episode of, of, of your Sports Memo podcast. My name is Calvin Mekongoka and it's by...
privilege to have had you listen to me 